Welcome to episode three of the Beyond Podcast, where we interview people who we find inspiring, who might inspire you too. Our special guest for today's episode is Sneha. Sneha just graduated from UC Berkeley, majoring in electrical engineering and computer science, as well as business administration and management as part of Berkeley's MET program. Currently, she serves as a student investor in the House Fund, where she helps identify top student, faculty, and alumni startups to invest in. Previously, she has served as a project leader for the Berkeley Group, where she and her team worked with the nonprofit World Reader. She has also interned at Reddit and Tripwire, where for both companies, she worked as a product management intern. Welcome, Sneha. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, I'm really honored to be on, and I'm really excited Thank to you. chat today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just to preface this podcast, Sneha and I met through the Berkeley Group, and she was my senior consultant for uh, for uh, <laughs> for FII. So that was really exciting. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. Just to get started, I guess, could you tell us a little bit more about? Um, I guess before Berkeley, I know like MET is like a really, um, really awesome program since you get to get the best of both worlds at Berkeley with, you know, really strong like computer science and EE background, as well as a really strong like business background, like what um, motivated you to apply that to that program? And, you know, what experiences in high school helped, you know, helped you like apply and like uh, choose that path forward for Berkeley? Yeah, um, so I actually, so I'm a part of the founding class at MET. So back then, um, like MET wasn't really that popular because it was the first year that they, they were actually recruiting students. So like the way I found it was really random. Like my sister was just on the Berkeley website and she saw this little pop-up that said management and technology. And she was like, oh, that sounds like for what you're looking for. Because at that time, everybody knew of the m and program at UPenn, but no, like, this was kind of like, yeah, it was hype. Yeah. And I, that was the one I actually, like, I really wanted to get into. Um, plot twist, I didn't get in. But um, I got into something even better, which was the MET program. Um, right. So I would say, like, it's definitely not like I came into the college search, like, looking for MET. I just, like, happened to find it. At that mm -hmm. point, I was mainly looking for, like, undergrad CS degrees. My thought process was, like, okay, if I get a CS degree, I can get, like, an MBA later and kind of, like, make do with that since there aren't really aren't that many degree, like programs that do both at the same time right. um in terms of like why i wanted to do like cs in business i mean i was 18 at the time so like <laughs> yeah. my my like realm of experiences is really small um and, and still i guess now looking back on it i think i made a good choice um but i did robotics in like high school and that was like the main thing that got me into the cs field um like my high school team well technically not it was like a community neighborhood team mm -hmm. we were pretty intense like very like like we went up to the world championships like it was like oh, one of the snap. things i did like eight to ten hours yeah and like it was some like i was a robot driver which is like we use like xbox controllers to like drive like these pretty big robots like 50 pound robots so um cool. and so that was like the first time like i i got into like the idea of like cs like versus you know like outside of ap computer science which is like mm -hmm. such a small version of computer science in itself um so yeah that's kind of like the real reason i was like okay i'm into cs i had done a few like in like hospital internships like pre-med internships at a lab figured out that it wasn't for me like i really I really liked the idea of becoming a doctor, but I yeah. just don't think I was made for something like that. Um, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that kind of is like why I ended up like trying to do something in CS and business. That's super interesting. So did you focus a lot in high school, like towards exploration, since you mentioned you did some like, like uh, medical stuff programs in high school? Did you try to like explore like all these different uh, like potential careers in high school or like what yeah. were, what was your sort of mindset in high school? Yeah, I think when I thought about high school, so like I started out, I think like a lot of people, not a lot of people, but like a lot of people from where, where I'm from, like a lot of people thought like, oh, you become like a doctor and like, yeah. that's like the coolest thing to become. And so like, and also like you're coming out of middle school where like, yeah. like you don't really love math, like biology seems cool and stuff like that. Um, and so I did a lot of exploration. Like I volunteered at a hospital um, nearby and then I did like this like I did a lab internship at like this tuberculosis lab here. Um, I, I'm in Portland, Oregon. That's where I went to high school. So at the Oregon Health Sciences University. Um, so like that's what I focused 
was my first two years on. Um, and like I did a, a few internships those summers. And I think that's like coming out of it, I realized I didn't love it as much as I thought I would, especially like the lab portion. And then also mm -hmm. like the amount of schooling and just like, I just like felt like you need to really have a passion. And like the people who are like my mentors in those internships truly had that passion and I could see that. Um, and so like, then I spent the next two years kind of doing something like just trying to do something else. Like I like something that my dad like kind of stressed a lot when I was growing up was like this idea that like you have to try different things because you don't mm -hmm. know, like you can't make an right. assumption off of like a limited set of like understanding. Um, so yeah, like I tried to do as many things as I could. Obviously I didn't do any, like all the fields out there right. and there's probably, probably something I would love to. Um, but out of the things I did end up like doing an in internship. So like throughout my high school years, I ended up liking robotics the most. That's super cool. And, um, now that like you've spent like three years at Berkeley, uh, like what were some goals that you had going into Berkeley? You had like a robotics background and you're really interested in that. And how have those like goals changed throughout your time at Berkeley now that, now that you're graduating? I know. <laughs> um, wow. I mean, I'm, I, I feel like I'm such a different person than I was when I entered Berkeley. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I entered like a, like a lot of like, you know, like fresh faced college students, like very motivated, very right. like, I honestly, I don't know why, but I was like, I want to be in a business frat. And I was like, I want to like <laughs> an investment banker, which was very, like, I think like the summer before I like came to Berkeley, I think I did a lot of like research into consulting and iBanking mm. because it was like one of those things that's like kind of mentioned in high school as like right. a cool job, but not really yeah, much about. Yeah, <laughs> it's hype, I guess. Um, but so I was like, oh my God, McKinsey, like BCG, like, you know, JP yeah. and like, I didn't actually know anything about, but I was like, okay, I need to like go into big, like a big business frat. Like I need, like, I thought very, like, I was very like business minded. And then I got mm. there and like, I think after like the first semester of like, first I got rejected from like every club I applied to, which Same. was like, whoa, you know? Um, but also it was like, I think a wake up call to like, first I'd gone to like so many of those weeder CS classes. And mm. I was just like, I finally figured out like, okay, like Berkeley is like a whole nother level of academically rigorous. Like I think a right. lot of Berkeley students, we all come into Berkeley like pretty, like used to being academically like adept at everything we do. And so you come to Berkeley with that like same confidence and you realize like, oh, everybody here is like me. Like it's not like the same as like high school where like I can kind of skate by or at least I skated by a lot on just like pure like procrastination. You're like, I can probably do this. Right. Um, and so I think like after that first semester, a lot of things changed. One, I figured out like I wanted to join a club, one that I really cared about. And then two, that like, I really liked the people because I had so many friends who had joined clubs like right away that because they had accepted them. And then they just like, didn't like the club. It became like more of a chore. And like, they just, right. it was like, it also, I also figured out like, most of your social scene comes from clubs at least like if I'm not part of Greek life so like I was like okay like a lot of my like extra like the tertiary friends would come from a club so I feel like I rambled on and lost the plot of your question but yeah so I feel like everything like everything switched after my first semester mm -hmm. um, I got into TBG which is a consulting club so then I started thinking about becoming a consultant because a lot of people from TBG obviously do um, and then I think somebody like randomly mentioned product management my freshman year too and so like that sounds cool cs and business and there's right. a cybersecurity company tripwire um i'm not gonna tell you my whole life story so i'm just gonna slip forward so like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. i got i just i got into product management i really liked it i joined the house fund and that was like vc and so right. then i completely switched like i kind of lost this whole i banking thing because i realized one i'm just like that's just not my vibe I'm like just not in intense enough to do something like that um hours. and it also just like I I don't have a passion for like I I honestly don't know what eye bankers do so <laughs> I, don't, I don't know I just I I didn't end up liking that like whole route or path mm -hmm. or I ended up going on something different um and so yeah through the house fund I like met a bunch of startups I realized how much I like like being a part of the ideation process and like building something right um and although like that wasn't really my role at the house fund more it's like funding student founders and hearing their really cool ideas um like I really like like the idea of like building something and being part of a process which you get from being a PM um right. so that kind of ended up that's why now I'm um, like, I ended up doing like an APM program after I'm graduating. 
Wow, that's very exciting. Are you are you doing like the APM program uh, for Reddit? Uh, I, no, so I'm I'm joining Lyft. Oh um, hype! Yeah, I didn't even know that. Congrats. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm very excited. Um, it's definitely gonna be a cool experience. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit more about you know I guess your transition into like product management. Like, how did you break into that field? Because I feel like a lot of students. Um, don't know a lot about product management, but when they hear about it, they just don't know like how to get started. Like some think like, oh, I need to have like a CS background or like, oh, I need to do X, Y, and Z. Like what are your tips for students who are trying to uh, get some experience for product management positions? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it is a bit of a black box for like university students. Mm -hmm. It used to be much more traditionally like an MBA focused field. And so like there definitely are like very limited opportunities for undergrads. I think like the main thing I would give in terms of advice is like, um, well, I use this site called the APM list. I think it's just called APMList.com or you can Google it that has like, like, I think somebody really nice just like updates that site whenever like applications open and they have like an APM but they also have internships and since there's so few like when they open if you're really looking to get into product management you need to like apply like much like the college like getting into college I think a lot of things in the job search world are similar and that it's a numbers game like mm. one you have to kind of put yourself out there and of course you're going to get rejected like a lot of times like I'm I'm getting rejected for jobs I forgot I applied to like like it just happens but I also think like at one point you got to keep applying and then the second mm -hmm. thing I think also like if you have any connections to the PM world like somebody you know who's a PM somebody you know who's an APM mm. like even if you like aren't like great friends with them or like you know like you like met them once you like kind of know them they probably know your name like definitely reach out like yeah. I know now like as somebody who's graduated if somebody from Berkeley that I like met once reached out I'd be happy to talk because like who wouldn't like right. kind of like nobody's gonna be like mad about that and yeah. I think you just have to like approach it and kind of get like your foot in the door and like one that person may, able, may be able to refer you to their company or at least like two they'll give you some advice on like oh, like if you have an interview coming up, what can you say? Cause like, those are the people that have gone through all of these interviews, which mm -hmm. are usually very, very like, like hard to prepare for somewhat. And also right. like, there are very certain things that people are usually looking for in PM interviews, especially for undergrads. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think like, just don't be afraid about like reaching out to people. And at least for me, like I got really lucky that I got a product management internship my fr freshman year because like I kind of went into like went into it asking for it like that company they were looking for an intern and I said I want to be in PM and so then they were like oh like, yeah we can like get you into our PM team but that wasn't like initially what they were recruiting for wow. um, and then from there like Tripwire was is a, like a, a pretty small company and then from there um, I like used a connection I got through the house fund who like he like had left, he started his own startup, but he used to be a PM at Reddit. And so I just like emailed him and I was like, hey, I've applied to like their normal portal, um, but I'm like really interested. Um, and I know you worked there and he was like a PM at Reddit, like when Reddit was really small. Right. And so he was like, yeah, I'll email like my resume, your resume to the recruiter. And like so nice. he did it and like within a day I got a response. And like I had submitted an application to Reddit like a month ago and I hadn't gotten anything back. And wow. so like, I think it shows you like, as much as I hate to say it, like you, like it is kind of a connections and a network thing. Right. Um, I mean, even for Lyft, like now where I'm going to go after I graduate, like Nika, who is um, currently a Lyft AP, actually she's a Lyft PM now. Yeah. She was uh, a TBG alumni. And she also was like somebody who I met because she did a dual degree at Berkeley before the MET yeah. program yeah. existed. So she's like a God. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so um, I contacted her, like she gave me a referral to the APM program, the Lyft APM program. Um, and I think like without her, I definitely, not definitely, well, I most probably wouldn't have gotten like that first round interview. And right. I think like the referrals are just really helpful. Like once you get into the interview rounds at that point, it's like up to you and like your skills to get through the, whatever happens next. Right. But I think a referral or like a connection can like help you go from like that huge application pool to like the much smaller, like more less substantial, like interview pool that they actually like start to like get to know you. And like, right. that's where you can really show yourself. Right. Because like a resume is only like so much of who you are yeah I, I definitely agree with you in terms of my experience for like software engineering internships I realize like getting your foot into the door is 
a lot to do with networking at hackathons in my experience. Like Mm -hmm. my first internship or like real internship at like a medium-sized company, like at Etsy was going to CalHacks, talking to the recruiter um, and like having a really great conversation and like following up with her to get like that coding challenge. And I definitely recommend for students who like have like limited experience, like me when I was applying to Etsy, to really put yourself out there and contact people that you might have talked to like once or twice um, to like see what opportunities there are for you. And now like that I'm in like my third year, like those relationships that you build in like your early internships, like you mentioned how you like met some really cool people like at Tripwire and you met that person who worked at Reddit like early on, like -hmm. those connections are really important. So definitely in your early internships, definitely cultivate those relationships and like keep in touch with those people because they can help you in the future for years to come. Um, So definitely like make the most out of like those experiences and meet as many people as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's like super cool. Um, Let's talk a (laughs) little, let's talk a little (laughs) bit more about um, I guess your academic side of things for UC Berkeley. I know we've talked about this before when we talk about like, like our EE lower div classes. <laughs> like I remember when I took E16A, I was just cramming half the time because like the way that it was structured wasn't like too motivating for me. Like I think the course staff yeah. is really great, but just like sometimes the material is just like so much and overwhelming that you have to kind of cram before midterms. Yeah, How do you like manage everything like on the academic side of things now, since you're majoring in like business and eeks? Like how did you like manage the acad- academic sides of things? Yeah, Especially I mean, since you graduated in three years, which is really quick. Three and a half. <laughs> to three and a half. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I definitely like now looking back on it, I guess, like I, I was like a train wreck, like my freshman year, like I had no time management skills. Like, like I mentioned, like in high school, I had really bad study habits and I kind of just skated by on like, Mm -hmm. you know, like I, I, I could like study for tests the night before and like kind of make it. And like the only thing I really had like ever truly like done long-term studying for was like standardized tests. And like, I didn't apply that in school, obviously. And so when I came to Berkeley, like like that first semester, one, I had to take so many classes because like I, for some reason, front loaded a lot. And sure that means now that I got to graduate a semester early, but like I was taking like 18 units or 17 units my first semester. And I ended up like taking that many I guess, I guess until like last semester, like this last, oh my like God. my last semester at Berkeley, I took 13 units, which was amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like I, I, I would definitely not recommend any freshman take 17 units yeah. um, unless you really need to like, to like finish on time or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms, like, I definitely think like I grew every year, like obviously you can see it in my grades, but you can also see it in like how I've dealt with things. Cause like that first two years, especially for like, you understand for like Eeks kids at Berkeley, like those are like your hardest classes almost. Like for, for some sure. reason, I think, I think most of the operatives I've taken are much easier than like the CS intro series or the EE 16A and 16B. Um, and I think like, it's very easy to like lose like I always say lose the plot but like lose the track like like just because you can watch those like you'll say you'll watch the recordings later or whatever and like not go to lecture and like you kind of just like forget about it and then you think like like you're in high school you can cram it all like right before and I remember like like I was sitting in the E16A final and I was just like I I just didn't know what was going on like you, you Same. Were, like I was just I was learning that. throughout the final I was like oh was, that's a cool I concept literally learning things I, I got up like I had like three uh, one fourth of the time left I got up I turned my test in everybody in there probably was like wow this girl's so smart I was like I, I left so many questions blank and then I got my test back and I got literally an abysmal sort like like truly like I, I mean I'm not even scared to say I got like a 30 out of 100 okay Dude, it'd then, be like that. yeah it'd be like that because <laughs> then the curve came out and they were like um a 40 and above is an A because people had failed it that badly so like right. there's two learnings I think for me at least and that like one you need to like keep your shit together, especially if you're right. taking a lot of classes. And also, 
for the CS classes, or I guess the E classes, depending on like what you choose to like put your time into, like those truly are like the foundations of like, mm-hmm. you know, like definitely everything that I learned in like 61, maybe not 61A, but 61B, 61C have come up a lot in my operatives. Like, right. I guess it depends on what operatives you take, but like those ideas set you up really well if you get them down really well for right. like future success, especially if you want to be like a software definitely engineer, like that. stuff like, like, big O notation like I never truly understood it when I first learned it and it's come up so often afterwards how do you optimize it yeah (laughs) I have to go back and learn all of it so yeah yeah I think in terms of like academics I mean it'll get easier over time so like I I like I definitely understand like I am the first person to be like dude like you're gonna fail some things like that's sure. fine like yeah. and I I also like I want to be that person to be like truly like I know people are going to tell you this especially if you're going to go into tech like your GPA matters like but up to some extent especially if you're going into tech like I can't speak to other fields or I even can't speak to all of tech but like if you're going to become like a PM like you don't have to focus so deeply on getting like the highest GPA possible or feel really badly about yourself if you don't have the highest GPA possible because it's really only one part of like the puzzle like like Lyft I don't think has ever even seen my GPA so like really just like don't worry about things like I think in terms of academics like you should try your best because when you're paying for a great education and it is a great education you're not really going to have ever have a chance like that again to like just learn for the sake of learning like for the rest of your life right Mm -hmm. um but to like don't don't take like things too seriously to the point where it's like, I think people at Berkeley can like also get really, really like, like, I don't want to say depressed, but like sad or like get like, make that like have a weight on their shoulder for like most of college, which I don't think is how you should like live your like college years. But yeah. Yeah. I I definitely agree with you on the point that like lower divs really matter later on for succeeding in upper div courses and I found out like the hard way and also it matters in like software engineering as well yeah um like CS70 was probably the hardest course I've ever taken yeah and that, that first killed me <laughs> yeah it's really important for CS170 and I learned it the hard way like I had to relearn <laughs> so much stuff about like proofs and Oh, was, I can't believe terrible. I took CS170 like I just took it because everybody was like it's a what do they call it they said it was like a a non-required required course or something. Yeah, like you need it to do yeah. well in like software engineering. Yeah. yeah, and I knew I didn't want to become a software engineer, but I still took it because I was like, oh, I like I need to like, and it, it was actually not that bad, but I had failed yeah. CS70 so badly that like Dude, I just came so into CS70 hard. being like, I have no idea what's going on. Um, but yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. I definitely think like lower days are really important. And it's like, also kind of sad that like you're the youngest in college when you're learning the most important stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's totally true. <laughs> And like my biggest worry is someone's going to ask me to do like a three-part proof at work for software engineering. So I asked like a bunch of engineers at GitHub. I was like, hey, do I have to do this at work? And they're like, nah, you're chilling. So for people that are taking CS170 right now, it might be important for interviews, but like not so much for the job. So I don't think anybody's ever going to be like, use, what is that? There was like that one type of proof so where they're like, you just assume it's right and therefore it is right. And I was oh like, yeah, I was like, <laughs> or like proof by contradiction or something. Yeah, I was, I was like, just nah, like, dude. They're like, take a small subset and prove that's correct. And I'm like, this feels wrong, but cool, man. <laughs> let's talk about, let's move on to, I guess, like, why did you decide to graduate early? <laughs> um, good question. I mean, well, first, I kind of figured out I could graduate early, like a year ago, like randomly when I was doing like my little, like I have a little Excel spreadsheet, like probably a lot of people do. Where, like I write down what courses I've taken and like, hell like yeah. what I need to take, you know? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so I was randomly like, like, you know, like I was like shuffling around things and looking at like what I needed to finish in terms of requirements. And I randomly realized like, oh, if I took one class over the summer, like one of my UGBA accounting classes, then I could graduate early. And I'm an out-of-state student, so it is quite expensive every semester I'm at Berkeley. And so, and it wasn't going to be that difficult. And so I was like, yeah, I can take it. Obviously, I like thought a lot about like, oh, one, is this going to be a lot of pressure? And like, I'm really lucky that my parents like didn't push me to graduate early. They're like, we didn't expect you to graduate early. So there's like, no, like there's not, it's up to you what you want to do with your life. Um, but I also was like, if I do graduate early, this was back before the pandemic occurred. I was like, oh, maybe I can go traveling or like just spend some time doing something. Um, 
and like take a break um just definitely because I think like I don't think I'm really probably I am burnt out but I can't really sense like the thing like the whole like the physical portions of being burnt out but I Mm -hmm. definitely like as I think I deserve a break after going to Berkeley in three years and I wanted to take one like I also at that time didn't know like if I need to be like looking for a job during this time in my life or like if I'd have a job or like I was like if I can do it I'll save a lot of money and um it's not gonna be that difficult for me and like if I do end up having a job it's a really fun break if I don't it's just like some extra time I get to like really dedicate myself to job searching or like traveling or you know baking IDK (laughs) yeah yeah. that's super smart I think like it's really important to like take a break I think a lot of Berkeley students burn out unfortunately because they're so like driven academically and professionally that they just like it just like clicks one day or not clicks it just like snaps off one day and they just like can't handle all their commitments at once so it's important to like take those breaks when you can and I'm super happy for you yeah yeah uh thank you I mean I think of like you know like I don't know when I heard this but like it was like a metaphor about Stanford students actually Hmm. boo but um, it was uh, it was ducks. It was like how students are ducks, and like they look really serene on the water, but underneath the water they were like paddling furiously. Right. And it's like I I've always thought about like I think at Berkeley it's like we're not even that serene on the top, but like even below the water we're more even more intense. Yeah. And like I think a lot of times as Berkeley students like we're so motivated to like keep going and getting to the next step, and it's like right. at the end of the day like you're kind of doing this for yourself and like if I I definitely know how much of a privilege it is to like be able to take a break and like not worry and um like if since I have that privilege I'm using it um to like you know take some time off and like reset and I don't think like like nobody I've talked to there have been like you shouldn't do that but definitely like if I if I like sometimes I'm like oh maybe people like think that like what is she doing for eight months? Like she's not doing anything, but like, I would never think that about somebody else. So why would anybody else think that about right. me? Yeah. So, yeah. That's super, that, that's a super good point. Yeah. I think like personally for winter break, that's one of my goals is to like kind of reset. And I think yeah. like, at least for CS is so competitive. I, I don't know if you had a similar experience in like my lower divs, but oftentimes people would always talk about like internships and like recruitment and that always like kind of messed me up because I never really tied my identity to like a, a company name. But like, I remember freshman year, I started to like get into that mindset because everyone was talking about like Google, Facebook, uh, Twitter, yeah. like all those big companies. And I was just like, okay, I, I guess I need to get this internship. But like, it doesn't really yeah. matter. I think long-term it, it matters more about like who you are and like who you meet and like your support system. So I'm just yeah. resetting right now and just like, you know, I think it's important to, you know, get back to things you're passionate about. So I'm starting to, you know, I paint, hopefully, if my parents let me. Ooh. So, you know, very exciting. Like I, your walls or like? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, repainting my whole bedroom. No, it's like, <laughs> oh, nice. like, like painting random stuff that I used to paint in like middle school. Mm-hmm. I like gave up on painting once my parents were like, hey, you're not going to like make any money. So like, can you not? <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah so going back to those like old passions or like cooking like you mentioned before is yeah I want to learn more so yeah yeah I mean yeah I mean I definitely agree about like the whole especially I think at like schools like Berkeley like people get so into the reputation aspect of it and it it Mm -hmm. messed with me and I think it it continues to like mess with me a little bit because I think it ties a lot into like the imposter syndrome that I think is really prevalent at Berkeley where it's like you feel like Mm you have to kind of keep on par with everybody else and this like par is set by like some guy telling us that like fang kind of not netflix but like you know that group of like companies is the best to like internet or something and so yeah yeah, exactly and so i think like i mean even in met i think it was like it was really like it it wasn't actually intense but in my head it was really intense yeah um and that like i would compare myself constantly to other people and like really now like like as a senior now I'm like you know what like you do you dude like yeah it's just like it's very much everybody's on their own path and like 
people at Berkeley in general are like so smart and like so hardworking that like you're gonna right. do whatever you want to do like it doesn't matter that you didn't get a Google internship your freshman year like if that's <laughs> yeah. your goal like one day you're gonna make it like yeah I think it's like you can't compare yourself to like somebody else when you don't know the whole story so like it's really like right. I started off with internships at really small companies and like Same. like now yeah. I'm at a job that I really like I hopefully will truly like and I think I will like so yeah. like definitely like I I think people at Berkeley don't worry about it too much you know yeah and you always have to like start from somewhere right and like sometimes that like start is not you know the greatest but you know as long as you like work hard and you know you know you're really passionate about like said thing like you'll Mm -hmm. get there I think like sometimes Mm -hmm. when people are really passionate um about something it, it will lead to like great results but like when you aren't really passionate about it but you're doing it because mm-hmm. someone else is telling you to maybe like your parents are telling you to do something or like maybe you're like oh I gotta do this to you know maximize my net worth like I don't know <laughs> I, like, I don't know if like you'll succeed because you might be in that yeah. profession for wrong reasons unless you're in like banking maybe I think that makes sense if you're like <laughs> maximizing your net worth I don't know dude but, I, know, I don't know anything about banking <laughs> true true but yeah, I think that's like a really important process is mm-hmm. like all the successful people you see and like a lot of people I look up to like Sneha and like other people on <laughs> TVG, like Ruth, for example, they are all started yeah. from, you know, really humble beginnings and they like worked really hard to like get all these opportunities and like meet all these different people. So as long as you, you know, put yourself out there and, you know, you put a lot of passion and effort into it, I think like anyone can succeed but maybe I'm too naive but yeah no I don't think so I mean I think like when you do something that you really care about like I've always been the kind of person like I don't I just don't do well at things I don't like to do like it's very simple to me like I don't like it's a very like obviously I will do like in in a dire case of need obviously I'll do whatever I need to do but like if I have a choice I'm going to do the things I love and I'm going to be better at them because I want to do them and I have a passion for them Um, and like that's something I say a lot in my interviews um and it's something that I think a lot of people usually like like if I don't know there's gonna be an interview tip IDK uh, (laughs) don't use this if you don't like actually believe it but like um I think like I always like to say like what is what is something that you think like is maybe like a weakness or not really a weakness but like what is something um like that you think is very unique about you like I always feel like I think I I do the best at things that I really care about and I don't tend to like I don't do well at things I don't want to do and I like I always kind of say that as like I want to do this and I'm going to put a lot of my passion towards it because like Mm -hmm. I want to do this and I think usually most people in life are like that like nobody's like no I like doing things I don't want to do um so I, I I think like as long as you you yourself have time to think about what you want to do and I think that's hard especially in today's like world like it's very easy to be like what are you passionate about and then like people expect you to have a very like honest like yes I have an answer and I think I struggle with that a lot where it's like I don't know like I'm like a 21 year old like I say um and especially when I was back in college like choosing a major I was like I'm 18 like what the hell do you want me to know but I also sorry but also um I don't know if you're allowed to curse on this podcast um but okay cool but yeah I think like just like what you like doing like you don't have to like call it your passion or like your meaning in life but like just like find out the things you like to do try to optimize so you do them more often and I think like Mm -hmm. you'll put yourself on a path to success at least that's like my opinion on things yeah I definitely agree with that um while I was recruiting for like full-time like this semester um Mm -hmm. I was deciding between like GitHub and this uh financial company and this financial company like was really nice during the whole interview, except for the last one where they like kind of like, uh, what's it called? Pressure tested me. Mm-hmm. And they were like saying like, oh, like, why do you use Python? Like that's a trash language. Or like, why do you go to Berkeley? And I was like, what? <laughs> please stop. <laughs> yeah, I was like, please stop. And they're like really mean to me, but like I somehow passed it, whatever, right? And they gave me a yeah. really, they paid me like, like 40% higher than GitHub. So I was like, oh my gosh, like I should take it. Yeah. Like they're paying me a lot more. And then I went to their disc- uh, to their day, like where you can like yeah. uh, learn a lot more about their engineering side of things. And they're like, we're a tech company, but like they're really a finance company. But Got it. they're like, oh, like X, Y, and Z, like um, 
like we do a lot of philanthropy, like we um, have a lot of cool technology. And then they talked about a lot about all this stuff. And then I, I talked to the engineers and it just didn't pass the vibe check. And I think like, <laughs> it's really important to um, like, not necessarily just say yes to everything. Like it's important to, you know, do as much research as possible for, you know, these professional opportunities, because for me, what matters is like the people I'm working with and what matters is like, I enjoy working with the people and I'm, I enjoy the product. And sometimes like you have these opportunities that seem like really good, but it's important to like take a step back to make sure that you would be happy in that position. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say you have one, like where you're working like 40 hours per week and you have one that's we're working like 70 hours per week, right? Like that's a trade-off and you have to be like willing to acknowledge like, oh, I'm going to be ment- mentally suffering if I take this job, yeah. right? So that just reminded me of like my own experiences um, recently. I I think it's really important to look at the work you're doing and reflect if you'll be happy in that position for like future positions. Um, Mm -hmm. Because you don't want to regret like one year for now, because usually when you like sign a job, it'll probably, you'll probably be there like at least a year, right? You don't want to like hurt yourself mentally and physically throughout that process even if you're like making a lot of money. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, the vibe check is really important. Like, um, like yeah. I think like, I don't know, like I guess people, most people call it gut feeling or whatever, yeah. but the vibes, um, I feel like though, like that's something I really care about. Like my first, my first internship was like at a much older company and it was really old people. And one, it was an enterprise company. Right. Um, and it was interesting, but I just like realized how much I, cared about like the people I work with like one being my age and like two like I wanted to care about the product so much more and like that's why I was like oh I want to work on like more of a consumer product see if I like that and then when I came to Reddit like one like the interview process was so fun it was just like it was like I loved the manager like my hiring manager and like my like then like now I guess my manager at the internship and like I just like I had a lot of fun during the like interview process like we made a lot of jokes and like it was just like it felt like a place where like I didn't have to like be really intense or like very different than who I am naturally and then also they seemed really to care about the product and like they really like they were there for like a reason that was more than just like money or like some reputation or something else Mm -hmm. um so yeah I I definitely think like of course, like up to a certain extent, a lot of like salary and other things matter. But I also think like if you're going to stay at a company for a long time and you're going to enjoy working there, um, like the people you work with like matter like the most. Like I, that's why a TBG, like I think like uh, that was like I only applied to TBG my sophomore, my second semester at Berkeley after I applied to like every consulting club on the earth my freshman yeah. first semester because like I like I just like the people. And like, I, I like got really lucky and I got in and like, I still continue to love the people, obviously. Yeah. So I think like the vibe check in college um, and the Definitely. vibe check for jobs, vibe check is very like important. very, very important. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like when I applied to TBG during like the meet and greet part, I was talking <laughs> to like, I think I talked to like Arushi, Sidra and Mahima and definitely passed mm-hmm. the vibe check. I was like, wow, these people are like super passionate about the social sector and are super like driven and talented and inspiring. And yeah. also talking to like like Annie and Ruth, like those types of people, you're like, oh my gosh, what? Yeah, guys are yeah, they're just like so, so well spoken, very passionate, so eloquent. Like really people. Yeah, I was like, wow, I want to be like them. So then, yeah, I joined right. Yeah, like let's talk a little bit more about like TBG. Like you were like a consultant, and then you became a senior consultant, and then like finally you became like a PL. Like, mm-hmm. can you talk to me a little bit about like what made you want to be a PL, and how was that experience for you? Because I feel like being a PL requires a lot of like leadership skills as well as like mentorship skills and a lot of like commitment in general. So can you talk me, yeah. to me a little bit about that experience? Sure. Um, so in terms of being a PL in TBG, I mean, TBG was, and probably is like one of the most important decisions I've made in, made in college. And I think a part of becoming a PL was like a little bit of giving back to the club, at least hopefully if I did a good job or if I I had done a good job um, because like the club had given me so much at that point. Like right. I had been a consultant on like two different, three different, like two different teams. I'd been a senior consultant. Um, and like at that point, like I made a lot of connections. I'd grown so much like because of TBG, I got my job at the house fund. Like 
right. I had just become a, like a, a just a much better like well-rounded person I've been able to do things that I really care about in the social sector um, and then like I wanted to give back to this club that like had done so much for me as a person in college mm-hmm. um, and so like a part of that I think is like when you become a project leader it's a lot of responsibility but it's also like it's one of those things where I think like you help other people grow which is always a really like really cool thing and a very unique thing to get so young um, and then you also like really grow as a person yourself because you deal with a lot of responsibilities that like have kind of always been like you've known about them but you don't have to actually like think about them like things like communicating with the client a lot like setting a statement of work and like like thinking about like a really big picture like idea like I ha- I'm much more of like a detailed person like I I don't want to say I'm a perfectionist, but I think a lot about like smaller things. And so I often have a hard time like zooming out in terms of a bigger picture, but like being a PL was so helpful in terms of like, you have a lot of moving parts as a PL, like like, you have four different consultants and a senior consultant. And like, you're kind of like thinking about like all of these things and how they're supposed to come together. Like you have to think like five weeks in advance because like when you give like your consultants a guide sheet, like they think in that week or maybe even if they are thinking they're thinking like two weeks in advance but like you're thinking about like okay at midpoint these these guy chiefs have to come and be, become a deck at the end of the day right like right. we can't we can't just be doing things for no reason for like yeah. five weeks um and so i really loved being a pl like my team was awesome um and i loved our client like um i think it was really cool the one part i think i really loved about being a pl was also like the ability to like look at our client applications and like kind of be a part of the client interview process because like as a PL I think you get to like choose that's like the one time you really get to choose your client and like kind of it be something that you really are passionate about in the social sector or like about a cause that you're really passionate about um so yeah I mean I loved being a PL like I'm really sad that like halfway through semester we went into the pandemic so it became yeah. remote um and so I didn't get a lot of chance to like really bond with my team that much obviously we're, we're also friends but um yeah I mean it was a great experience um, I tell anybody in TBG who like who has gotten something out of it or like in any consulting club I'm right. I can't really speak to other consulting clubs so I speak to TBG, <laughs> yeah. but um, I loved it um, I think it's a really great way to like I don't know not end your journey but like kind of like keep like a cap end on it or like yeah. do something that really like solidifies like how much you cared about the club itself right. um, but yeah that's my two cents on it <laughs> That's super cool. And like for project leaders, I feel like creating those guide sheets are really difficult. Um, And like on top of that, like you have to kind of like be really good at like interpersonal stuff as well, because you have to like check in and just like make sure like everyone on the team is doing well. I I think like it's especially difficult during a pandemic, right? Like (laughs) making sure that like they're doing okay, like overall, like mentally, like how did you, I guess, you know, manage expectations, you know, through that semester since it was like kind of hectic midway through? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think there were places that I could have been better. Like I would definitely like, um, I definitely think there are places I could have been better, like now looking back on it. Um, I think in terms of like, interpersonal communication, I like have never been the person that's too good at that, like checking in, like, I always kind of feel like I'm bothering people, but I guess as, like, a PL, you kind of have to take the automatic opposite and be, like, yeah. in people's lives, because, like, you, like as a consultant, you know that, like, I'm not going to tell my PL, like, I have a problem, unless it's, like, something really big, and, like, you have to kind of, as a PL, like, nag them and be, like, is everything good, it's, like, throughout the right. week, and be, like, hey, like, let's check in, like, how's your guide sheet going, because oftentimes, you and me both know, like, we'll come to, like, weekly meeting and be, like, everything has gone badly, and then the PL will be, like, why didn't you, like, communicate this, like, earlier, Yeah. and, like, as a consultant, I understand, like, their thought process, but as a PL, knowing what's going to happen, you have to counteract it, and so I think a lot of that is interpersonal communication, Um, and you're dealing with, like, four people with, like, different personalities who are trying to work in a team, and then, like, it's, it's a lot, right, and so I think, I think sometimes it like it it works out really well and sometimes it takes some like work to like really get into a flow mm-hmm. um and either way I think like there's gonna be ups and downs but yeah I mean I think in terms of like big what was your like, biggest advice I could give or like yeah, yeah. yeah in, in a pandemic I mean I think the biggest thing you can do is like check in like I always try to check in like double the amount of times I thought people needed me to check in mm-hmm. and I'm not sure like you can probably ask my team members and I came off as like 
overbearing or whatever <laughs> but like i think it i think it held out That's especially nice. when he went yeah. into like midpoint area mm-hmm. um and yeah i mean i think like you just kind of take it as like it comes like some weeks are gonna be bad and like you're gonna be like oh my god i we like like nothing is going as planned because that's kind of what happens when you're working with a nonprofit and like things are a little bit more vague and like things change really quickly but also like they're gonna like you just kind of have to take it as it comes and like at the end of the day like just like remember you're doing it for a good cause you're trying to help a nonprofit like that's going to help other people in some sort of way um and yeah I mean that's all the advice I can give. <laughs> I, no, that's super helpful. Yeah, I okay. think I think that's really great. Like, I think it's definitely important to, you know, force yourself to check in with people. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of pe- people, like, feel like they won't, like, they don't feel comfortable asking for help. And sometimes, you ha- like, as a leader, you have to put yourself in a position to, you know, be as accessible as possible. And it, it seems like you did a really great job with that. So I think that's, like, a, a great advice for students. Uh, talking about like I guess your other you know main thing that you did during college I guess like the house fund like how was that experience how's that experience been Um, and like what does a typical day look like you know as a student investor on that team yeah so I joined uh, the house fund in I think my sophomore spring semester so I I, like went through the interview process it's like a pretty slow one um, during the sophomore fall and I joined in my spring semester Um, I had a great experience. Um, so I worked there as a student investor. And so essentially that means um, I was part of the student investment team, which means like um, when I joined, there was one other student investor with me and then he ended up graduating. And then we recruited two more people who are now on the student investment team after I've graduated. Um, but essentially what we do is like, we kind of serve as a liaison between like the venture capital fund and mm. the Berkeley campus and the, the undergrad students to be specific. Um, and cool. so a lot of it is like, there's like two parts in my understanding and like how I think I function as a student investor is like one is like keeping connections with the campus organization. So we sponsor about like, I think 12 campus organizations through the house fund, which mm-hmm. means like they are allowed our space. So we, we have a physical space in Berkeley um, that was open to students. And so like, um, and like, we also would like help them out with like random, like if like free ventures, which is like a student accelerator. Um, and so we help them out with like mentorship sessions or like random events. Um, and we're not like really hands-on in any way, but it's more just like as student investors, what we try to do is like keep contact with like their executive leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also like make sure that they understand like what the house fund is. Like if there's any cool student startups that are coming out of those organizations, cause they tend to be like, we tend to partner with some of the more like entrepreneurial or tech focused startup, like student organizations mm-hmm. with students who have the most chance of becoming like tech startup founders. Um, and so we kind of just keep that connection. And the second part is we get a lot of inbound from students who are fi- finding, founding a company. Um, and I think there's a special part to it that is uh, we only invest in Berkeley startups. So like it has to be founded, affiliate, like founded by a student, alumni or faculty member. And so, oh. um, yeah. And so any like Berkeley students who are undergrads, they usually get funneled to us and like we get to talk to them, we hear their pitches um, and we get to like choose whether they get funding and things like that. So that's kind of more the venture capital, like investor side of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, in terms of like a typical day, um, it's a very free flowing job, like very yeah. much like not like a, like a um, like I have to report to work from like certain hours, certain hours. It's much mm-hmm. more like um, when we, we would have like bi-weekly partner meetings and things like that. Um, and we kind of just would like go to different events, like showcases student and then like student startups would reach out to us we'd like talk to our other student investors um so in terms of like a tip i say a typical week would be like a few student startup meetings maybe like a weekly meeting with like the rest of the student investment team maybe we'd have like a weekly lunch um with the whole like full-time team as well the investment team um so like we have two partners and I mean, we have a, like a like a five to six full-time investment team i'm not gonna get into specific yeah, yeah but yeah so i think like that's what it looks like and I think it varies a lot um in terms of like what you choose to focus on so like I started a student newsletter because I thought that'd be something interesting to do um another student does a lot of, like goes to a lot of showcases and stuff so mm-hmm. yeah I got into it because I thought like venture capital would be something interesting to look at yeah. um and it is it's a very it's interesting so cool. industry yeah. um but yeah that's kind of what I did with PHF. and what do you what have you found are like the key traits of successful student ventures 
um, like at Berkeley, like what is like a common theme for the startups that succeed versus the startups that like might've not been as successful? Mm, that's, a, that's a complicated question because like, first yeah. of all, I'd like to say, I don't think there is like one key factor that's mm -hmm. gonna like make you successful. So that's just a disclaimer first off. That's fair, yeah. But I think, um, I mean, in terms of like some of this like student startups, that started off with student startups, they've now graduated and they're still in like our portfolio. Mm -hmm. um, I think one thing is like who the founders are. Like, I think what, of course I'm gonna like stress the team and like, especially because mm -hmm. we invest in like the pre-seed and seed levels, like the team, the team are the people who like, I think sometimes can make or break a startup, at least in my opinion, in terms of like, I think most startups that are successful have gone through multiple pivots and meaning that like they've changed what they're doing or right. they've changed like how they're doing it or what industry they're doing things in, um, especially when it comes to tech because things are so easily changeable. Right. And so when it comes to like doing multiple pivots and the only thing that stays constant is a team, the team becomes a really big factor. And like mm -hmm. one, how they like interpret, like how they are as like together, but also who they are individually. And like, I think sometimes if you have teams that are all business side or all technical side, I think sometimes that can become a problem because mm. you need like people who understand each other, but also have like that together make a full rounded like team. You don't want like, you can have really amazing mm. like technical developers, but like you might need somebody on the business side, but you can't have all people who are into like marketing and like communications. And if you're making a tech focused product, it just doesn't make sense. And so I think like, yeah. I would say like, the biggest thing in terms of student founders is like, finding the right team and then also like I think I don't know I think sometimes students tend to like do things students all kind of have similar problems and so we all kind of solve for the same things and so oftentimes like I will see like kind of a similar like product multiple times so like something that looks um like library availability and like that makes sense because we're all students we all have the same problems but also like that's already been done quite a few times and right. not very successfully. So like, I think maybe sometimes you have to think outside the box and some of the cooler ones you've seen have done like things that are very like, whoa, that's like, 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 I think there was one that was like um, using technology to like make better hockey players, like in their helmets and oh, stuff. And like, that's, cool. that's a very interesting, like, it's very, it's, it's like, if you can figure out a market, you can figure out something that like you're actually doing that's different. Um, I think that's the biggest thing like you could have aside of your, outside of your team. Like you got to do something that like your competitors aren't doing, or if they're doing, you have to do it way better. Um, and like, I can't, I think sometimes student founders will do something that another company is doing and do it just the same level. And as investors, you can't really, it's like you're doing competitive analysis. If there's something that differentiates you from somebody else, there's no really reason to invest, at least in my opinion. Um, so yeah. That's, I think, like the two biggest things that you can think about. Gotcha. And let's say hypothetically, like I wanted to, you know, create my own startup, like after Berkeley mm -hmm. or whatever, or in my last semester, like yeah. what are some uh, like strategies you would advise for students who are like looking for funding or like general pitch strategies or like pitch deck strategies? Yeah. I mean, I think in terms of like, if you're looking for funding, um, you should definitely do some research into like how venture capital funding works because it is a bit confusing and there's mm -hmm. a lot of terminolo terminology and jargon that's thrown around, especially when you get into pitch meetings. Right. Um, so like, you know, like what is your like valuation, like cap, like what kind of like safe are you doing? Like things like that, that like, you need, I think, mm -hmm. of course, if you're like a young founder, you want to like, hopefully a VC firm would be like good about like, helping you through things and like that's something that like the th the house fund taught me is like to be really helpful especially so like if you're a berkeley founder i definitely reach out to the house fund yeah. like even if we don't invest our student investors team like really likes to help out in like helping you understand how the investment cycle works mm -hmm. um and then also get you in contact with like other venture capital firms um so in terms and then in terms of like i guess getting in contact in general i mean i think a lot of cold emailing is done, like so many cold emails. Um, so I guess you can do that. But also if you have a connection at a VC firm, that's going to be like 10 times better than cold emailing, in my opinion. Obviously, you can still do that. But um, yeah, so I think like one, you should do your research about a VC firm. So like we sometimes will get a lot of cold emails where like 
we can only invest in Berkeley affiliated startups. And so people will email us and be like from random universities like all around the world. And we'll be like, we just can invest. And so like, Mm -hmm. if you do your research on a VC firm and like you target it a little bit more, you're probably going to get a higher response rate, especially if you can like craft a well, a well thought out email, which there's like a lot on online. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think in terms of pitch strategies, I think just rehearse it a few times. Um, I think a, like an MVP, um, a prototype, whatever you want to call it, is like worth so many words. Like it's just like sometimes mm-hmm. I think people come with like just a deck and like a few like screenshots or like whatever. Um, if you're really young with like a student founder, I think that's fine. Um, but still, like an MVP, especially reading something tech related, is like the best thing you can do. And I think we t- we don't really it's a little bit harder to get somebody on board with nothing done. Right. Right. And so I think that, and then if you're looking for like much larger funding or you're an alumni, like you're like, you're older on your career, we expect a little bit more as investors from you. Like, like either like a few sales have already been done or like whatever, I don't know what you're, whatever you're doing, but like you've got to have some traction essentially. And so that's the biggest thing I think you can show in a pitch is like some kind of form of success. Mm -hmm. And you're also going to expect investors to prod. Like we're going to ask like, A lot of questions so if you put something on your slides like be ready to defend it um and yeah i mean i don't think like vc funding i i do want to say like uh, especially for student founders like if you don't need vc funding um and there's no reason for it i wouldn't like just put yourself through it because it's a lot of work um and like if you can bootstrap or like fund yourself for at least for a little bit and then like kind of gain more traction you should do it i think Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously that's like a decision to each their own. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of resources. I do your own reading. Like we read venture deals, like when we first joined the team. So I mean, that's a cool book. If you really want to understand venture capital, like, that's cool. like truly deeply. Um, then yeah. Yeah. That's super, that's super helpful. And I guess the last topic I wanted to talk about on the podcast was a little bit more on like just like in a general scheme of things like remember when we got a uh, dinner at Racha's and I asked for a lot yeah. of advice like one thing that yeah. we talked a lot about and I think it has been really helpful and I think you have like a lot of great insights about is like I guess like finding you know your soulmate at UC Berkeley <laughs> like you gave me a lot of great advice and I, I just had a few questions around that realm like <laughs> Do you have like any general like relationship advice for like college students at Berkeley? Because especially in like uh, Eeks, for example, it's a little bit hard to put yourself out there or like find someone that you really sure. vibe with. Like how, sure. how, do, how do you meet like your potential soulmate or like how do you, you know, create those opportunities? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> sorry. I, I mean, I am definitely not the one to give this advice considering I did not meet my soulmate at UC Berkeley. Um, but I mean, sure, let's like the blind lead the blind, you know? But I mean, I don't know. I think like put yourself out there. Let me tell you the things I should have done not looking back on it. I think like put yourself out there and like, you know, like it's only four years like the time goes by really quickly like I don't know how else to stress that but like before you know it like you're gonna be like done or like like you're a junior now like it it feels like you're like still a freshman to me so like I definitely think like I don't know like put yourself out there like what's the worst that's gonna happen um yeah I mean become friends with people like I definitely think like one of the things that I take away from Berkeley even though this isn't exactly around like the romantic relationship is like having like a friend, like having friends that you really care about and like having close friends Mm -hmm. and also just like, like joining clubs. Like I, I love TVG for the work we do, but also like the people and like, like now looking back on it, some of the best memories I have is from our club. And so like, I don't know if you want to meet people, join a club. Um, we don't really date a lot within TVG, so we have TVG, but like another club. Um, and I don't know, in East, just like shoot your shot. If you're a girl, like there's so few of us um, at EK, maybe your odds are better. Who knows? Um, if you're a guy, shoot your shot as well. <laughs> your Lower odds are chances. not bad. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, I think everybody at Berkeley 
I, I, I don't know where I'm going with any of these sentences. <laughs> you know, just like, I also think people at Berkeley, like we spend so much time like for thinking about the academics that we forget like how to have fun and like let go. And so like yeah. a part of that is like, you know, like you're in college, like do whatever you want to do, like go to parties, have fun, like do everything responsibly, but like, you know, live your dreams. Um, so a part of that is like, you know, you like, nobody thinks about you as much as you think about yourself as, as much as you think they're thinking about you so like yeah off. that's a good point it's fine. yeah yeah it's... I definitely think like you people like I think yeah I can even see it in you and myself like I think we've gotten better as we've gone through Berkeley kind yeah. of being like who gives a shit so yeah like you know no one's thinking like half the things you're thinking yeah nobody thinks about you as much as you think about yourself so it's fine yeah <laughs> yeah just like do a bunch of stuff you know exactly responsibly yeah <laughs> yeah, uh, responsibly. yeah um yeah that's really helpful and um I guess let's end off with um to just wrap this whole thing up do you have anything you'd like to plug uh, like on your behalf do you want to plug <laughs> yeah anything you want to plug like any social media or anything in particular um no <laughs> okay. uh yeah you nobody needs to follow me on instagram i post something like once a year um i'm playing animal crossing now that i've graduated um what's your I username started. <laughs> I, I literally just started last night so i can't even plug my island i think it's called fajitas though my island's called fajitas i didn't understand where you're supposed to name it like an island so i just like put in like i like it's fine um yeah man it was i don't have anything to plug um but yeah definitely reach out probably find me on linkedin i don't know yeah you have a really good linkedin <laughs> it's that's so funny because there's nothing on there <laughs> it's literally just my companies and like what i did i haven't even updated that i'm like it's fine you know yeah so this has been awesome yeah keep listening because even yeah. probably gonna bring on some really great guests yeah thank you so much for being better. like our uh, our third guest of the podcast so excited i'm so honored yeah so excited to have like such a wonderful person stop by so yeah thanks so much and uh take care